Welcome to the Technology Trailblazers podcast, where we explore new ways to unlock business potential with unprecedented technological innovation. Hi there, I'm your host, Derek Little, and this is the podcast for companies of all sizes wanting to digitally transform their business with the latest technology. In this episode, I was honored to speak with Michael Richardson, founder and managing director of Tech Azure. Michael's firm helps companies drive digital transformation by mating technology with business needs. After serving in several executive roles, including CIO, CTO, and COO, Michael found the ultimate challenge for a leader is bringing together a lot of people to work on a business opportunity. But he saw there was a large need in the marketplace to help growing companies struggling with change. In this interview, he points out some early warning signs leaders of small and medium-sized businesses should watch out for as they scale. He also shares some tips on how to not only create a better business, but a better life. Here's what he had to say. These are typically privately held organizations, maybe uh, owned and operated by a founder or a team of partners or something like that, who have built this business up over time. So these are very often not startups. These are often businesses that are established, maybe uh, doing well in their particular domain, but running to a a point of uh, growth block. And they're often happening at, at specific stages. So maybe going from 10 to 20 million or 20 to 50 million or 50 to 100 million, those are, those are kind of booster stages that very often need some external help uh, because, as, as the phrase goes, what got you here won't get you there. And we're about getting you there and bringing in a, a different way to do it. So very often with, with the customers, the clients that we're working with, uh, they're expert in some specific domain of their business but they're really not expert or seasoned in business transformation. So what would you say are some of the weaknesses that SMBs have in these leadership roles like CIO and CTO and maybe even CEO? Very often we find that people in these leadership or executive positions in these organizations have grown up in the organization. So this may be a five or 10 or 15 or even 20 year old organization And when the CEO started the company uh, in their 20s or 30s, they understood the domain, the challenge they were going after, and they've kind of grown with the position. Uh, Or maybe the CIO or the CTO was the one that developed the first version of the product or helped put together uh, the first ERP system that the company runs on or the uh, the CRM system for the sales team or something like that. But very often they, they lack the depth of experience in, in the outside world. So they may be uh, seasoned within the context of the company, uh, but uh, in the context of the outside world, maybe this is only their first or second or third rodeo. And so they can't see around the corners. They don't actually know what their blind spots are, uh, which is the most challenging. And they feel like uh, only us at the at the top leadership level, we're the only ones working really hard. Often that's because uh, the way that they're approaching the work is the way that it worked 
when there was five of us in the company and now there's 55 of us in the company and we don't understand what happened. How did we lose the formula? Why doesn't it work like it used to? They feel the pain. They understand the, the results of the blocks to the system, but they can't really identify what they are. So what are the more common obstacles that you see? There are very, very common patterns that we run into regardless of the domain of the customer, uh, which is interesting. It's a bit of news to them because often companies feel like we're special. We, the thing that we do is so unique. We can't be like everybody else. And what they don't realize is we're a group of people trying to work together around a business challenge. And so we all deal with these common issues. For example, the, the methods and the tools that they're using uh, may be outmoded legacy systems, uh, disparate uh, technologies, or in fact, no technology at all. The most common scenario that we see is a reliance on a combination of traditional manual methods, things like lots of emails and what what companies often call tracker spreadsheets. Everybody's got a spreadsheet to run their piece of the business or hard copies and sort of static reports from different sources and no real seamless collaboration capability as a team. So very often these organizations have grown over time in stovepipes without collaborative methods between the stovepipes and with very manual tools, again, like spreadsheets, like individual point solutions. And so they're, they're dead-ending the information. The, the whole process becomes very opaque and the, the management, the CEO, the CFO get frustrated because they have this sense, we don't really know what's going on. Why doesn't everybody know what's going on? What we need is more reports, you know, that kind of thing. It's like that old saying, if your only tool is a hammer, you look at every problem like it's a nail. Yes, exactly. And, and if, if all you have to work with are individual towers of information that people are sort of maintaining and curating for themselves, they don't really have a good way to bring the information together or easily share it with each other. It's very painful to try and get things to happen. And on top of that, if you want to change, if you want to grow or scale, let's say you want to add to the team, you know, another common, very common challenge to growth is this sense of we really need to add some people, but we just don't have the time. We can't stop doing what we're doing long enough to go hire somebody and take the many months of training and experience it takes to get them up to the point where they're productive. So if, if we hire somebody, they're actually going to slow us down. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is warning signs. The first one you mentioned is frustration. They notice themselves getting frustrated. And then another warning sign you mentioned is they just feel like they don't have the time to get everything done that they need to do. Are there any other warning signs that they should watch out for? I think there's a warning sign in the form of a breakdown in trust around the organization. Sometimes that's trust between the partners that started the business in the first place or trust between layers in the organization. So this department doesn't really trust that that other department is going to get their work done. So they've come up with all kinds of elaborate workarounds to sort of 
avoid the need for that other department. Uh, you know, the, the engineering folks don't trust that the salespeople are actually selling what we make. The, the manufacturing types aren't trusting that the specs and the information that they're going to get are correct so they can keep up. The, the management may feel people just aren't using the information that they're given and that the information is stale by the time they see it. They can't really trust the numbers that they're being given. And that's, that's a, a symptom of a process breakdown going on. And the, the traditional attempts that we see at correcting that, sort of badgering and pressuring one another or placing all kinds of elaborate reporting demands on each other, timesheets and results reports and all of these things that are trying to measure the outcome without really understanding what the process is to get to the outcome frustrates everybody up and down the chain. So Michael, what's your approach to deliver what you call the future state? We think it's important to connect with and join in with our clients operation enough that we can conduct what we consider an initial situation analysis. So typically we want to, to set the table and study the current conditions enough that we can analyze and look for which patterns are showing up here that are familiar and then share those results with the leadership team. Uh, that's an important first step. So in effect, level setting on what is the current state, where are we at really is step one. And then step two is to begin to synthesize what is this desired future state going to look like? And that turns out to be a very collaborative process. It's not simply saying, well, sales should be up and costs should be down. Uh, it's, it's much more nuanced and it connects with each different stakeholder. So once we've done our situation analysis, now we use that as a roadmap to begin prioritizing and addressing the obstacles to progress and in order to address those in a, in a structured way, uh, over the years at TechAzure, we've developed our own methodology that, is, that kind of combines uh, the more useful pieces of things like Lean Six Sigma methodology and agile business techniques so that we can create uh, different ways to visualize the business processes and then go in and diagnose what's going wrong process by process. So uh, a key tool that we use there uh, would be uh, Kaizen improvement events uh, where we'll get the cross-functional groups together that are stakeholders in a given process and walk them through the process of understanding and instrumenting how are we actually doing this thing today? How are we selling our product? How are we producing it? How are we delivering our service? How are we creating invoices and tracking payables? You know, those sorts of things. And by walking through the, the view as a process, we're able to start to help address the stress and the anxiety and in some cases the distrust in the room by helping teach a philosophy of problem solving in process terms as opposed to people terms. So dissecting a process becomes a matter of 
looking for what's going wrong in the process as opposed to let's go around the room in a witch hunt and decide who's getting it wrong or who's not doing their job or where are the personality conflicts or whatever. So we can help calm the nerves and put the focus on the actual business processes and start to help people define interactive improvements, small incremental improvements that can be made right away. Let's visualize what the future state is and then let's break that down because it's too much to go after it in one go. Let's break it down into lots of incremental improvements that we can actually see and get to in days or weeks, not months or even years. Can you give me an example of a client challenge that you helped solve and how that worked out? One that comes to mind is, is a company that was providing business services uh, to a large number of customers in parallel. This is a company that had on the order of about 75 or 80 employees at the time that we, we began uh, helping detect and correct process problems. What we found was that the company was very strongly divided into small clusters of, of project teams that were going after individual uh, client services projects and essentially isolating themselves from one another. So we had little clusters all around the company of people who were running their projects with their own independent uh, spreadsheets, their own almost language and notation amongst themselves, and lots of friction when it came to connecting with any kind of shared resources, uh, shared resources being uh, the finance department or uh, technical experts in specific parts of the process that needed to, to help service all the different projects. So what we were able to do there uh, was to, first of all, uh, start to characterize what are these processes. And by engaging with people from each of those clusters directly, each of the people, and bringing them into rooms and, and getting them together across a common table to talk about what are the five ways we're doing this process, we could then sort out and rewire down to a common way to do that process. Once we had done that with, with the core processes of the business, we created a, an architecture diagram that sort of showed the business architecture. What are the three or four key processes that the whole company actually operates on. And now let's bring technology to play to support those core processes. So we were able then to bring in a solution. In that case, we, we built a, a custom solution that started with uh, Salesforce and, and a number of plugins to that platform, a very uh, light coded method of modeling the process and putting something in their hands that they could start to use right away. And by doing that, we started to build faith in this methodology that people could trust and say, okay, I understand now we're, we're trying to do this process different. I'm willing to play along as long as someone's listening to me and as long as I have visibility to the information I need. So we were able to, over time, uh, bring all of their processes into that system and actually operate the whole company in a common system. And that was then possible to create uh, dashboards and, and process visibility tools for the management 
who were then finally relieved to see, wow, people really are working hard. They really are keeping up. Now we've got current information. And that, that particular client was able to raise a significant private equity round uh, to go start acquiring other organizations and importing this technology, this methodology to them as a way to grow and become the national leader in their market space that they are today. Sounds like it really paid off for them. It did. You know, we made a lot of friends in that in that process because everyone comes in a bit skeptical. And uh, we think at Tech Azure, it's important to address that with respect and, and inclusion. So we have a very inclusive process. We tend to talk to every person in the organization. And at some point, every person in the organization has a part to play in the process. Therefore, they should have a part to play in the process improvement. And we find ways to make that happen. And that really breaks down the barriers between former stovepipes or, or former echelons within the company. We find people working together, respecting each other, and finding it easier to bring on new staff. Because if you have a process you can show and a tool that supports the process, you don't have to have someone work for years. Uh, I, I remember at one client, this, this same client actually, uh, one, of the, one of the real skeptics to the process said, well, we can't hire any new people because it'll take them five years to learn what we know. It became a matter of, well, I guess then we should hire about 25 people right now so that five years from now, we can have at least 20 of them still here. Uh, so we, we were able to get through that skepticism and, and create the ability to onboard new people by being able to show them how does it work as opposed to uh, the, the sort of ride along and learn the hard way method that yeah. they had, had held on to for years. We're coming to the end of the podcast, Michael. If one of my listeners wants to reach out to you or learn more, how should they go about that? A good starting point would be our website, which is www.techazur.com. Uh, we've got a lot of information there. Uh, you can also find us on the web and on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we're constantly putting new information out there. Uh, you can find a, a way uh, on our website to connect directly and request an appointment. We'd be more than happy to provide a, a free consultation. Thanks for coming on the show, Michael. Thank you very much, Derek. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Technology Trailblazers podcast. Are you an independent IT consultant or running a small to mid-sized consulting firm? Would you like to share your thoughts on my podcast? Contact me for more information about guest opportunities. My email address is derek at technologytrailblazers.club. That's D-E-R-E-K at technologytrailblazers.club.